The magnificent inerrancy of God's glorious word discovered in the majority text is marvelous to behold. For over 6,000 years, Satan and the best carnal minds he could harness have attempted to undermine and destroy the veracity of the word of God and have failed miserably time after miserable time. In the midst of their denial, science continues to discover things that certify the credibility of the scriptures, but the skeptics continue to cling to their foolishness. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Verse 7, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth will become obvious in this feature. God said, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Man said God and his Bible are simply a crutch for the weak. Now the record. Isn't it stunning? Imagine God's truth declared thousands of years ago addressing the most sophisticated of today's scientific discoveries and speculations is declared in his Bible, the book carnal academia loves to hate. The realm of the spirit is just such a case in point. The word of God instructs man to seek the realm of the invisible from which all visible things are sourced. God is a spirit and cannot be seen directly unless he so chooses. He spoke into existence all the physical things that we are and see out of that which is invisible. 2 Corinthians 4.18 reads, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 10, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. The old claim of the pragmatist that if I can't see it, touch it, or taste it, I don't believe it, has and is being abandoned by the scientific community. 
The following excerpt is from a God Said, Man Said feature article, The Invisible Kingdom. I find it ridiculous and truly hypocritical that pseudoscience finds belief in an invisible God to be an untenable position. They don't believe because they don't see. Yet the very foundation of what they also attest to be scientific truth, they also have never seen. Consider this excerpt from Discover Magazine, July 2002. Black holes are a good lesson about two truths of science. First, a lot of what we swear is scientifically accurate today will be proved wrong within a couple of decades. Second, the advancement of science works so well because it is so willing to be proved wrong. Still, science requires an interesting kind of faith. We're asked to believe that black holes exist, even though no one has ever observed them directly. Likewise, no one has seen an electron, or a quark, or a proton, or a neutrino. We assume subatomic particles exist based on heaps of experimental evidence, but we don't have instruments sensitive enough to allow us to pick up one of them and stare at it. End of quote. In an article in the July 2006 issue of Discover, Lisa Randall, dubbed one of physics' brightest stars, is interviewed by science writer Corey Powell. A headline quote from Dr. Randall follows, In the history of physics, every time we've looked beyond the scales and energies we were familiar with, we found things that we wouldn't have thought were there. The Randall interview focused on dimensions. It is common knowledge that we dwell in a world of three dimensions, or do we? The following excerpts are from the Powell interview. She is out to liberate humanity from the pervasive but quite possibly mistaken assumption that we live in a three-dimensional world. The disinformation campaign began in the crib, which first introduced you to three spatial dimensions, she warns in her recent book, Warped Passages, Unraveling the Mysteries of the Universe's Hidden Dimensions. Starting uh, in earnest a couple of decades ago, a group of physicists began seeking deeper truth in string theory, which holds that the fundamental particles of nature consist of minuscule, uh, excuse me, vibrating strands of energy. Problem is, the theory works well only if the strings vibrate in more than three dimensions. Randall, a theoretical physicist at Harvard University, is a leading light of a second generation of researchers who are taking that idea to an even grander level, envisioning not just tiny strands, but huge territories of higher dimension called brains. She thinks this approach could revolutionize our understanding of gravity and uncork the deepest workings of the universe. Then Powell asks, Yet uh, we clearly see only three dimensions when we look around. Where could the other dimensions be hiding? The old answer was that the extra dimensions were tiny. If something is sufficiently small, you just can't experience it. That's the way things stood until the 1990s when Raymond Sundrum and I realized you could have an infinite extra dimension if space-time is warped. Then with Andreas Karch, I found something even more dramatic, that we could live in a pocket of three dimensions in a higher dimensional universe. It could be that where we are, it looks as if there are only three dimensions in space, but elsewhere it looks like there are four or even more dimensions in space, end of quote. The concept of a fourth dimension is not a surprise to the students of God's Word, for it teaches an infinite extra dimension. This dimension is the realm of God's eternal infinite spirit, and the science of physics has come knocking on heaven's door. They just don't know it yet. Solid physical matter exists in the realm of three dimensions. Noah Webster defines these three dimensions as length, breadth, and thickness or depth. Ephesians 3.18 reads, May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. 
This passage speaks of the four dimensions, breadth, length, depth, and height, in regard to comprehending the unsearchable riches of the love of Christ. The three dimensions of a solid object in the Ephesians example would be breadth, measuring from side to side, height, measuring from bottom to top, and length, measuring end to end, creating a volume measurement. The fourth dimension, the word depth, could refer to an understanding that reaches to the depth of the sea, etc. But when you uh, review the definition of the word depth in the Greek dictionary of Strong's exhaustive concordance, it takes on a serious new dimension. The first word used to define depth is profundity. Profundity is defined by Webster as depth of place or knowledge or of science. This ultimate place is the very mind of God. Romans chapter 11, verse 33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. The dimension of the Spirit of God is very real. It is the infinite extra dimension that the physicists ponder. Again from Discover, and there could be a whole other universe set up that way? Possibly. It would be a different universe because, of example, uh, bound orbits like Earth's pass around the sun work only in three dimensions of space. And the other universe could have different laws of physics. For example, they could have a completely different force that we are immune to. We don't experience that force, and they don't experience, say, electromagnetism. So it could be that we're made up of quarks and electrons while they're made up of totally different stuff. It could be a completely different chemistry, different forces, except for gravity, which we believe would be shared, end of quote. Randall speaks of those who dwell in the extra dimension and suggests that it may function under different laws of physics. She says that those in this infinite dimension may be constructed of different stuff than we are. As you should suspect, the Word of God clearly defines both of these concepts thousands of years before Harvard's famed theoretical physicist or others ever conceived it. Those dwelling in the spirit realm and walking in the power of the spirit truly do function under different laws of physics and are certainly constructed of different stuff. The following short list will demonstrate this truth. Spirit beings have demonstrated the unnatural ability to possess physical creatures, fly, walk through walls, change form, vanish, walk on water, be conveyed in the cloud, live forever, etc. The Word of God reports in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 through 44. But some men will say, How are the dead raised up, and with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain. But God giveth it a body, as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of dead, of the dead. Excuse me. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. 
Yes, there is a fourth dimension, and there are multitudes of beings presently there. The born again, those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, who have repented of and have forsaken their sin, have already begun to experience this fourth dimension and will one day enter into it in all its glory. Those who die in their neglect or rejection of Christ will find their end in the eternal lake of fire. Have you made your decision for Jesus Christ? Do it while you still have time. Click on the Further with Jesus for immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Thousands of years before man begins to know the reasons why, God declares it in his holy word. This is just another proof that God is. God said, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Man said, God and his Bible are simply a crutch for the weak. Now you have the record.